Hello and welcome to Common Air, an exhibition companion for two rubatos and footnotes on equality at Costco Art Institute, aired on Stranded FM. The day is April 11th, 2019, and it's two o'clock. We're broadcasting live from Stranded FM in Utrecht. My name is Stacy Boucher, and I'm part of the team at Costco Art Institute working for the Commons. The sound design for Common Air was created by Robin Rutenberg, and our visual identity as seen online is by Zuzana Kostolanska. This is Common Air's second episode, and we're so excited to collaborate with Stranded FM. Thanks so much, Luke, and the rest of the crew here for your help and support. Also, thank you to everyone who listened to our first episode and to those who shared their encouraging feedback. You can hear that episode on mixcloud.com forward slash stranded FM. If you'd like the show notes uh, for this one or the past one, uh, send an email to stacy at costco.art. That's Stacy with an I. In today's episode, we are bringing special attention to the collective and wondrous exhibition, Footnotes on Equality at Costco Art Institute. We're going to introduce the exhibition and highlight some of the material that's on view, as well as share situated reflections, news, and upcoming events at Costco Art Institute and elsewhere. Lastly, you'll hear a selection uh, of tracks submitted by members of the GRACE exhibition team in, re in, my, uh, in response to my question about which songs each of them had on repeat while working on this project in their PhD. So stay around and thanks for listening. So let's get started. Um, meet the Grace curatorial team. Hi, this is Alejandra Benitez. I'm from Mexico and I'm doing my PhD in the UK at Hall University. Hi there, this is Dika Hatzinga and I am based at the Central European University in Budapest. Hi, my name is Barbara Grapper. I'm based at the University of Hull in the UK. Hi, my name Hi. is Darren Jengis. Hi, my name is Darren Jengis, and I'm doing my PhD at uh, Utrecht University here in the Netherlands. Uh, other members of the curatorial team from Grace uh, include Tegye Berry, um, Wilmary Rosardo Pierez, Perez, Reluca Pinzari, and Sarah Verderi. So, Footnotes on Equality is an exhibition at Costco Art Institute by the 15 researchers of Grace, Gender and Cultures of Equality in Europe, in collaboration with Cookies, a Rotterdam design and architecture collective. It centers around an installation featuring an eclectic collection of art and everyday objects. These objects act as indexes for various contentious points around the cultural production of inequality and props to tell stories about the contemporary fights against injustices. Grace researchers have been conducting fieldwork across Europe that has brought them into contact with people or communities with life circumstances where struggles for equality take place but also get complexified, such as when equality for one group or issue means corresponding inequality for another. Objects are collected out of such situations and transformed into a labyrinth-like installation by cookies, inviting the viewer to consider their own situation of inequality and where it connects with others. Like the exhibition Two Rubatos by Terry Tamelitz, the intention of the Grace researchers in cookies is to trigger the imagination for complexity, so it might be understood as an essential comedy method and value. The researchers take a critical stance towards how one struggle, right, or identity is co-opted and commodified, taken into a sort of exclusive ownership in contemporary capitalist culture. Such structural processes may even lead some to be against equality. 
The exhibition is also an attempt to undo a disciplinary research process and make art practice and co-creative work an integral part of how research is done and how it is shared. So the Grace researchers in Cookies reflect on the state of naturalized notions of equality in Europe with new visual and sculptural presentations. The installation shares sensibilities that the researchers deem footnotes to mainstream understandings of equality. Cookies then emphasize the object collection uh, made by the Grace researchers as evidence, additional support, critique, al alternative perspectives, and anecdotes, so that footnotes on equality shows how struggles are, are ongoing and are incomplete. The collaborative relationship between Grace researchers, Cookies, and Costco Art Institute expands the visual language of the project. As a result, the exhibition offers artifactual analysis as a way to both engage and disseminate, as well as produce new sites and events of and, and about cultures of equality. Cookies is interested in the wider implications of the Grace researchers' work, revealing the objects in the exhibition as anecdotes of inequality against the more bureaucratic institutional definition of equality where singularities and struggles in solidarity are typically lost. For this exhibition, Cookies has developed a system of hanging textile elements, articulating the space into opaque and semi-transparent layers, corridors, and cul-de-sacs. The collection includes an array of material from participants' observations and field research in the European Union, including notes, audio, and visual recordings, transcriptions, artworks, and ready-made objects. The researchers share their investigations on broad themes within their work where the concept of individual and structural inequality is challenged. So, for a full list of names of the researchers and collective, as well as the extended colophon for this exhibition, visit Costco.art. And you can also check out the website footnotesonequality.eu, developed by Anya Groten and Johanna Schikau, in collaboration with the Grace researchers for the full object collection. Okay, so it's um, really exciting, and we're so fortunate that we get to have one of the Grace researchers here with us at Stranded FM. Uh, Zarin, welcome to Common Air. Thank you, Stacey. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> and I'm really sorry about the uh, glitch in the beginning. That's the, uh, the issue of having something on repeat on your iTunes. <laughs> so um, uh, since, since we have you here, um, there's uh, many questions that I'd like to ask. And the first one, uh, I just wanted to start with, um, could you give us a, a simple definition, if you can, <laughs> of what grace is? Because I throw around the word grace, and just so our listeners um, are clear about that. So grace is a, is a big research project, which is uh, composed of ma many partners all across uh, the EU, mm -hmm. uh, mostly academic partners and non-academic partners, but it's... Um, seven universities and one association, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm mistaken, I'm very sorry, <laughs> uh, where uh, researchers are based. So mm -hmm. they, um, they, do their they, they do their academic uh, PhD work uh, in those institutions, basically. Yeah. Um, and it is a huge uh, consortium where you have to uh, you have this collaboration between universities. Uh, we had research schools, mm -hmm. training. Um, so it is like this very, very big academic project which brings together uh, universities and um, other research institutions, uh, professors um, in around the topic of gender equality and equality in general in Europe. Right, right. And also involving art institutions such of as Yeah, of course. Such as Costco and Central Museum. Central Museum others. which uh, joined the crew along the way. Mm -hmm. So uh, and of of course 15 uh, PhD students exactly. who are based in these institutions and who made things uh, possible with uh, in the case of our exhibition with you for instance. Yeah, absolutely. 
So Zarin, could you tell us a little bit about your research? So uh, this is a very uh, the tricky question. <laughs> I know so it's uh, the elevator pitch. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly, yeah. <laughs> which I cannot do. I would fail. No, me too. Um, so I'm here. I'm doing my PhD here at Utrecht University. Mm. And uh, it is about, in very broad terms, about uh, Islamic feminism. Mm. It started as, as such, and then it evolved into something else. But uh, mm. at its core, I'm dealing with uh, Islam and its uh, practice as a feminist practice, and mm. uh, how Islam can be feminist and how mm. feminism uh, can be Islamic right. in a way. Mm. Uh, I did uh, field work in London uh, mm. with uh, with an institution um, last year. So, yeah, overall, um, I am dealing with gender equality in Europe uh, through Islamic feminism as an alternative uh, strand of thought mm. and engagement, uh, which can also be found in Europe where feminisms uh, in general are uh, rather secular, secularly formulated uh, in right. the mainstream way. So right. in, a, in, in a nutshell, this is my research. Yeah, yeah. incredible. Well, so being um, uh, one of the early stage researchers of GRACE, and as well as being a part of the curatorial team for the exhibition at Costco Art Institute, um, can you describe what your experience was like of building this object collection? And then at this moment, where you turned over all of this work that you've been doing and, and the, the collaboration with Cookies to see it transformed uh, academic research into a visual display. Well, this was a great journey. I have to begin by saying that. So as you said, we are 15 researchers who mm. we were doing our research in different contexts uh, with, with ethnographic work or without it. Mm. Um, but in the end, uh, from the very beginning, uh, the project asked us to come up with an object collection mm -hmm. through the entirety of our research. The things that we come up with, objects, uh, physical or non-physical objects, obviously. And then um, this 15 people, we had a smaller group, as you mm -hmm. said, the, the, mm -hmm. the curatorial team, uh, which was specifically f working with, uh, for the exhibition. Uh, and uh, yeah, actually, this team was uh, was made at the very initial uh, stage of the project. I think it was my right. first week of um, uh, employment. I remember. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, of course, it's um, it is a bit tricky to to have a coherent, or let's say, it doesn't have to be coherent in the super coherent sense, but mm -hmm. it has to to produce something which can be presentable and which would make sense was a challenge. Right. So um, the eight of us and um, along with uh, our friend Vaso, mm -hmm. uh, friend and colleague, mm -hmm. Vaso, who was leading us and gu guiding us, uh, we wanted to create something which would bring everything together in mm -hmm. a meaningful way without uh, the individual objects losing their meaning mm. uh, along this process. Right. So, uh, I mean, I think it was quite challenging because mm. none of us had had experience or education in this, uh, in this job. Right. But I think in a way we wanted to keep mm. our amateur spirit mm -hmm. Uh, on the one side, but also wanted to have uh, something something nice. Right. So uh, that's where we start, and then we start working with Casco and with mm -hmm. you. Um, I don't know mm -hmm. if you remember, we had this meeting many years ago, but mm -hmm. then uh, we didn't uh, immediately start 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 working together. And mm -hmm. then uh, you came along, and then uh, we met Cookies, mm -hmm. which. Um, is an artist ar architect collective, mm -hmm. uh, as you said, who they really understood what we was hoping to do with mm. this uh, with this material and create a narrative around uh, equality and inequality in a way that uh, that it would make people question 
the things that they take for granted if they visit the exhibition site. So they right. really, really understood and uh, understood what we wanted to do and took mm -hmm. this to another level that we could never have imagined. So, right. I mean, in the end, I think, yeah, when I entered the physical space for the first time, I was like, yeah, I, I, can, I couldn't, like, believe it. So right. I think um, it was very exciting to have this 15 academic researchers working with, in a small mm. group maybe, and then working with all of these creative people that we learned so much from. Right. Uh, so in the end, yeah, it was a great process, I yeah, can say. That art and, and exhibition making is um, really one of the finest ways of uh, sharing and sharing a sensorial experience. Definitely. So um, I'd like to start highlighting some of the materials in the exhibition. So can we start with um, one of the objects that you contributed mm -hmm. to the collection? Yeah. So um, I have an object in uh, in in... In the first, in the second room, I think. Anyway, mm -hmm. third room in total, uh, which is um, like physically, it is like you said, is a hanging fabric, mm -hmm. which depicts um, a form of a dietary uh, preference. Mm -hmm. So I received this form for an event organized for a PhD students um, from an institution. It's um, it's not about PhD students working on religion or anything uh, just a <coughs> just a regular event and then uh, there were some you know preferences for lunch and then I s saw you know the regular options of vegan vegetarian gluten-free mm -hmm. allergy um, and then uh, a, a also a religious uh, preference and then I was thinking, wow, um, may if there is a religious preference already yeah, kosher. there, kosher, um, maybe also halal should be there. So I was thinking how interesting it was because this was in in the Netherlands and uh, there is a big population uh, of Muslims. It doesn't, I mean, they don't have to follow halal, obviously, or uh, but uh, someone thought about it and uh, excluded this thing. So right. and uh, and that, I mean, I was. Also, work. I am working on how the idea of Europe is uh, formulated mm -hmm. uh, in opposition to the Islam, which is other, like historically mm -hmm. and discursively. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, it's good that they include kosher, obviously, but they didn't think about something which is also there. And I found it uh, very interesting and resonating right. with what I was doing. So I just took yeah. a photo <laughs> of it mm -hmm. and uh, yeah I wanted to submit that and uh, I decided to name it like how can you talk about equality when uh, your existence is not acknowledged right. so yeah that is my uh, my little contribution <laughs> to the exhibition right. yeah so it's uh, a part of your lived experience while doing field work and it really shows blind spots and exactly. also it's a question of accessibility so thank you so much for joining, uh, joining us, Sarah, and I really appreciate it that you could well, be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was great. <laughs> so continuing with some of the, the feature objects, um, here is Ali on the contributed work, Who Decides, by artist Lily William. This is Alejandra, and my favorite object is number 34. It's called Who Decides and was created by Lily Williams that is a, an artist who is based in Hull. She's from the UK and she lives in Hull. I met Lily through Barbara Grabher, that it's a Grace ESR. And Lily contributed to the, to the collection with a beautiful collage about women in sport. So Lily created this, this piece uh, during 2019. And I, I collaborated with her in the way that I was sending some sources and some photographies and some uh, readings about uh, my my research that it's uh, women in boxing but also about uh, women in sport and in this piece uh, that is made 
uh, with like carton uh, so she made like some some drawings and so like the, like there are like small pieces and small drawings so people can can move them through the canvas and create their own narrative so again this is object 34 and and so far this is my favorite object from the collection and from the exhibition footnotes on equality so another object that i'd like to highlight is um one contributed by athena marina Enderstein. um it's titled sisterhood and uh how it's shown in the exhibition it's a an image of a necklace um, with Audrey Lord's face as the, the pendant, and um, it's printed on this fabric. Um, and I wanted to share a quote with you from, from Athena. A necklace with a picture of Audrey Lord, the black lesbian mother warrior poet, was given to me by two of my best friends who I know that I treasure her words. It is a symbol of our sisterhood, not based on shared histories or positionalities, but on the strength of our connection. This necklace informs the way that I see equality work and knowledge production, characterized as it is by plurality and intimately bound up with borders, boundaries, and power. Lord's strength and ownership of her intersectional subjectivity is a reminder to us all. Now, other than the, the fabric with the printed image on it, um, Cookies had the idea to um, add audio of Audre Lorde speaking uh, in the exhibition. So I'm just going to play a short clip of the audio that you would hear if you're in the space um, that was actually put together by Grace Intern Hedwich, who's here. Um, so here we go. So in order to find out, I mean, you, there's nothing, you could ask me anything you want to about the course in which my life took, how I will use the things that I remember, I guess I will. If I go on writing fiction, I have to. The one thing that I'm an expert on, if I'm an expert on anything, is of course me. So I have to take that stuff and use it, weave it into the other things that I write. Because if I don't, and I think for writers, poets, as well as, 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 as prose writers who don't, there is a real gap in authenticity. We don't only write about ourselves, we use ourselves to, to illuminate something that we really believe and we really feel. I think authentic fiction is so important because fiction is a construct, but unless it's a construct that in some way genuinely illuminates our lives or makes us stronger or better who we are, then it only becomes a pastime, and I don't believe that art, that any kind of writing, any kind of art is a pastime, only. I think that it's beautiful, and I, it's lovely, and I think we enjoy it. So if you would like the full audio clip, um, just write to me at uh, stacy at costco.art. Now let's listen to Barbara talk about the festive bunting, or string banners, that's fe featured in the exhibition. So one of my favorite items that um, I submitted to the exhibition Footnotes on Equality was my part of my research experience um, at the at Hull or in Hull, um, which is the buntings of the LGBT 50 celebrations. That is a commemorative event uh, in regards to the 50 years anniversary of the decriminalization of homosexuality in England and the U in Wales. Um, the bunting were gifted to me at the end of the week-long celebrations and since I'm doing research about festivals and the productions of cultures of equality within this kind of liminal space or time of celebrations it was a super special moment to actually be given part of that time period um, it comes together with the fact that in my ethnographic research I work quite a lot with um, participation of my own kind of being and um, kind of fostering my own experiences and letting them be informed, uh, informing later my uh, research interviews. And the very particular special 
situation about this was that the, on the final day we um, of the celebrations, we would have a big dance performance as part of the celebrations, which was called Into the Light um, by Yorkshire Dance. And as a researcher, I'm quite familiar to be standing on a podium and um, having situations of speaking in front of people, but it was quite an extraordinary momentum to be not only be standing mm -hmm. and speaking, but actually be dancing in front of many, many people at the central square. And the one thing that I sub submitted or that I contributed to the exhibition actually was just above us. And in many situations, I would actually try to look up in order not to see the crowd standing there looking at me while I'm dancing. Um, so it was a really special kind of connection to the particular kind of bunting. In a more conceptual terms, um, it refers for me to the idea of the liminality that underlies the decorations. So we are alternating in public space in order to guarantee or in order to, to illustrate the fact that we're changing um, the rules of that day. So specifically with the celebrations of LGBT 50, there was a lot on in a city that is not very LGBT friendly or inclusive to many extent. This week was extraordinary in the sense of giving this space and this platform for that particular kind of community to express and experience itself. And um, so it was a very particular kind of um, momentum as well to be gathered in underneath those buntings in this very symbolic kind of way that was marking a celebration moment, but at the same time a flating moment and specifically connects as well to the fact that they used massive confetti cannons at the end of the show, which in itself is a form of decoration that is always going to be very temporal and is going to be gone very soon later. And in that particular moment of being given the bunting and standing underneath a confetti cannon, it caught my attention that actually what happens to the equality that we celebrate once the confetti touches the ground, what is the next step? What is the next moment when celebrations are over, when this kind of attention and awareness to equality has passed? So in a, in a general sense, we give a lot of attention and awareness to celebrations of equality and the achievements that stand behind it and so forth. But I'm actually questioning it to a certain extent further in terms of its sustainability, in terms of what what is the next step from it? Can we can we go beyond the idea of celebrating equality and actually living and experiencing it in a daily life? As you, as you can imagine, um, there was a lot of organization that went, went into this project. I worked closely with uh, Vaso Biela, the coordinator of the GRACE project, um, that coordinated both the exhibition and also the conference that happened here. Um, and I asked her a few questions. Um, first, what was your role in the GRACE project? I joined the project a little later than the researchers, about seven months. They had already started the process of collecting the objects, uh, objects that relate to their research, their activism, and their encounter with equality or inequality in their lives. They had already started also trying to think of a way to present these objects in an exhibition. They all had these brilliant ideas of what they wanted this exhibition to be and to do, and of what sort of training uh, they would be in need of uh, in order to be able to curate such an exhibition. But they all lived in different places and they were very busy with their individual research, therefore they needed someone to coordinate this process. At the beginning, I read their ideas and talked to them individually and in groups, uh, via Skype mostly, trying to think of ways to bring most of their ideas together in one concept. And then I met them all in Bologna in February 2017, which was two months after I joined the project. And I was lucky to be there with Maike Baumanns, who is a process designer and sustainability strategist, who helped immensely to build trust in the group and helped me in particular to see that I need to focus less on the end result and more in the process of working together. Since then, um, I've arranged the meetings, I've made to-do lists, I've sent endless emails to bring people in touch and mediate the cooperation with people within the project and outside the team 
Casco, especially Stacy, but also Mariana and Rosa, Cookies, as well as Anya and Joanna, who are the designers of the online version of the exhibition. In short, my work was uh, to serve the researchers' process, which was also liberating and a great opportunity to focus on their work and become well acquainted with their research and the way they worked with art, daily objects and concepts to communicate it in a non-academic way. What did you find to be the most interesting part or parts of working on this project? The most interesting part for me was learning to work in ways I was not used to work. This work required a lot of imagination and creativity from all involved and enabled us to develop those and to learn how to talk about theory, research and politics through objects and the stories they carry in them. Working with Casco and with Cookies, as well as uh, with uh, Anya and Joanna, had a lot of playfulness in it. The pleasure of experimenting with textiles, hard and soft materials, orientation in space, or also virtual space, and therefore starting to think of emotions, the kind of intense emotions that accompany inequality, exclusion, political pain, and theoretical challenges in terms of form, material, and design. But on my part, the process required something else too, something that I was not necessarily so skilled at at the beginning and I needed to learn, for which I'm very grateful. Um, as a researcher and a teacher, I've been used to sitting in a room alone and read or write or to be in a classroom where I have a lot of control over the process. For Grace, I had to become relatively good at organizational things and at leading a team of people who had their own ideas about where they wanted to take this, ideas often different than mine, or than uh, the others in the team. I needed to find a way to organize a collective process that is a lot less structured than a classroom. We had so many meetings over Skype or day or even week-long meetings uh, uh, in the same space a couple of times a year. And these meetings were always mm. very tiring, always exciting, however, and the researchers are such warm and smart people, and they're so great to work with. So it was always a pleasure to spend time with them. When we were in the middle of working on the installation design with cookies, you mentioned you had a dream about the tree in the courtyard where Costco is located. Can you tell us about it? There is a funny legend about this tree in the garden outside Costco. It's very old, centuries old, and it has this lumpy surface. People said that there was a spirit of a trickster man living in the tree who was seducing the nuns living in the building where now Casco is, which used to be a convent. The nuns' souls were seduced into the tree and stayed there forever, giving it this uh, lumpy surface that it has now. Now, this story I was told by Stacy, who did some research on it, uh, while we were really uh, working together with cookies. And in that meeting, cookies said, half seriously, half jokingly, that they wanted the exhibition to take over every part of Casco, the corridors, the offices, the garden outside it, the tree, everything, especially the tree. They were fascinated with the tree. And uh, this kind of greedy force got my attention. And I was thinking, yes, what can we do with the tree? Now, some weeks after that meeting, I was in Tuscany with my partner and a group of friends, and we happened to talk a lot about relationships, and it was also a time in my life that I was also thinking a lot about love and the power that love has to change us. And it may sound banal now, I guess, but in that moment, it felt like the motivation that love gives us to revisit all traumas and deal with them better has uh, an immense political potential in it, especially Personally, I find that my own traumas have a lot to do with gender and class and with a way of being in the world as a certain kind of woman. And I felt in that moment that love can make me stronger to fight patriarchy outside me, but also inside me. So while I was there, I slept and I had this dream. And it was based on an object Tommaso had contributed to the collection which did not make it to the selected objects that are in Casco right now, because, of course, this selection is a lot shorter, smaller than the original one. That object was a banner from a feminist demonstration in Italy. In the dream, I was outside Casco in the garden, 
there were dozens of those banners hanging from the tree that had the same inscription that Tommaso's banner had on them. Love is a political act. I tried to, to make the researchers and cookies excited about it, hoping we could make it part of the exhibition, but I guess outside my head, this does not sound so exciting or so relevant. So the team kindly rejected my proposal. However, the idea behind it is still in the exhibition, in my opinion, because uh, we have this recording of Audre Lorde's voice reading um, some poems of hers and, or giving some lectures. And one of these recordings is based on her text on the power of the erotic, which says at some point, the sharing of joy, whether physical, emotional, psychic or intellectual, forms a bridge between the sharers, which can be the basis for understanding much of what is not shared between them, and lessens the threat of their difference. Thank you, Vaso. Okay, so now we are at the part of situated reflections, news, and upcoming events at Costco Art Institute and elsewhere. And so I have here with me Eric Otenbohart. Did very, I pronounce very it? Very nice, expressed, yeah. Otenbohart. Yeah. Uh. Otenbohart. Very, very Dutch. So um, uh, Eric is a head of diverse economies at, a, at a Costco Art Institute. And so I'm really happy to have you here at Standard FM. Um, I wanted to hear from you um, how it went. Uh, last week there was the launch of Bookman, um, uh, number 118, and I was wondering if you could just tell me a little bit about what that is and how the launch went and, and who was a part of it. What's the significance? Thank you, Stacey. And nice to be in your uh, common air here. It's <laughs> very, very, um, well, new and mm. so professional. Wow. <laughs> Thank is it you, allowed to, to respond in Dutch, or is it... Absolutely, yeah? um, you absolutely can. Because it's, it's my, my native language, and it's far more easy to express in Dutch. Yeah, so I, I highly um, recommend it. And All right. And then translate it for me later, okay? Yeah, try to follow, and I, I know you can follow a lot. Um, afgelopen week hadden we een boekpresentatie van uh, Boekman, een heel mooi tijdschrift wat al jaren verschijnt. En Boekman heeft uh, voor dit nummer uh, cultuur en commons centraal gesteld. Dat is een, een mooie combinatie. Um, kunst en cultuur, wij zijn daar als Casco al jaren mee bezig. Is een verbinding die in Nederland nog heel schaars um, van de grond komt. Heel, Heel veel mensen moeten daar nog beeld bij gaan krijgen. Het is moeilijk om dit te communiceren, moeilijk om daar, om daar greep op te krijgen. Waar heeft u het precies over? Um, Casco heeft uh, aan dat tijdschrift bijgedragen um, met een interview, interview met mij, waarin vooral het project uh, is neergezet wat we afgelopen jaar in Leidse Rijn hebben gerealiseerd. Wat ik zo leuk vind aan het tijdschrift van Boekman is dat het een heel breed publiek heeft. Uh, zoals subsidiegevers, uh, als politici, uh, heel veel collega's in het veld. Iedereen leest Boekman als hij er een beetje toe doet in uh, het kunst- en cultuurveld. En um, dit, dit thema heeft het zo hard nodig om goed begrepen te worden, om verder te komen dan het al is om, om uh, nou ja, veel makkelijker aansluiting te gaan maken met um, kunst en omgevingen die zich daarvoor lenen. Ik druk me een beetje abstract uit, maar dat is de behoedzaamheid van, uh, laten we zeggen, de commons. Um, dat, dat is een spel, als je het zo mag noemen, waar we zo graag veel meer meters in zouden willen maken samen met heel veel anderen. En ik, ik hoop dat dit tijdschrift daar een beetje bij gaat helpen. Wat een erg mooie, uh, heel mooi gezelschap, heel breed, uh, pluriform. En ik ben erg nieuwsgierig wat er straks op al die, achter al die bureaus gebeurt als mensen Boekman gaan lezen en denken, wauw, ja. dit is nieuw voor mij. Ja. 
Well, great. I only caught a little bit of that, but what we can do is have it translated as well. So also <laughs> listeners that want to, and also for my own. But I'm actually impressed. I did understand a little bit of that, but only key things like art, is comments, beautiful. You yeah. Know. <laughs> but um, hail bedankt, Eric. Uh, really nice to have you on right. here. Very good. Thank you. So now we're on to uh, the calendar. Um, so uh, just a few things to check out. First, elsewhere, um, that uh, if you go to Rotterdam, um, check out an exhibition of posters at uh, Witt de Witt Center for Contemporary Art um, to see new commissions by a great group of artists in response to the new identity of the, uh, the ground floor gallery space called Untitled, but which is now called Mele. Um, also upcoming, we have um, uh, in our city here at Utrecht University. On April 23rd, we have a lecture, Decolonizing Feminism, by uh, Françoise Verges. On the 18th of May, there's the opening of Charlotte Ponsonesque, Lexicon of Infinite Movement, at the Kruller Muller Museum, uh, which will inc include work by our, one of our long-term Costco collaborators, uh, Ruth Buchanan. So at Costco Art Institute, um, actually tonight, we have a, um, an exhibition tour. It's a, a kind of play on words. It's called Footnotes in Rubato. It's actually led by moi. So <laughs> if you would like to um, uh, listen a little bit more <laughs> to, to me speaking, um, please come. You can show up. It starts at 6. Um, this weekend, we have Coffee and Questions Goes West. Um, this is at De Vrijhaven. Um, this is on Sunday the 14th from 1 to 3, so if you want to register, uh, you can send an email to eric, eric at costco.art. Um, Wednesday, 24th of April, we have um, our next session of Reading Room, which is really exciting. We'll be focusing on uh, family in relationship to um, the work of Rosen Luxemburg, but also um, the trifecta of uh, CPC, with colonialism, patriarchy, capitalism. So. Uh, come to that. Um, our next episode and last episode of Common Air is the 25th of April. Um, the 2nd of May, we have a doing gender lecture. Um, this is where uh, Terry Tamelitz is coming to our town. So um, it's our collaboration um, with the ne Netherlands Research School of Gender Studies and Terry Kritika. So um, please reach out to us uh, if you would like to register for that. Also, we have a uh, our first ever teen day program for ages of 15 to 18. Um, it's on the 4th of May. So if you know of any teens that are part of the, the LHBTQIA plus community or are allies of it, please reach out to us. Let them know that, uh, that we're um, doing this and we would really like it if we can start building um, uh, this public of uh, young people. So. Now we're at the last part of the show. Um, this is where we're going to play a selection of songs from the researchers. Um, these are sticky songs that they were listening to on repeat while working on this project. So um, maybe they will stick for you too.
Take a look, give me the hook or the ovation. It's my world that I want to have a little pride in. My world, and it's not a place I have to hide in. Life's not worth a damn till you can say I am what I
J'en ne fut-il à l'agréable avant qu'il ne se réduise à une peau de chagrin Est-ce la chair ou le corps qui est faible Cette traversée du désir t'épuise le bassin Est-ce la chair ou le corps qui est faible 
Avant de prendre tes jambes à mon cou Avant que le rouge ne te monte joue Tu mènes les ébales à me cheviller au corps Pas cette passion énergivore Jus de poignet, vapeur de stupe Des draps souillés, sans amour propre Moment d'égarement, désir impatient Le goût de la nouveauté, de l'enchantement Est-ce que l'on peut joindre le futile à l'agréable Avant qu'il ne se réduise à une peau de chagrin est-ce la chair ou le corps qui est faible Cette traversée du désir t'épuise le bassin Avant que cette affaire ne tourne au vinaigre Murmure, soupir, inaudible, délicate, morsure, volupté, indécible Avant de se loger dans le duvet des aisselles Faire de ma salive aquarelle, grain de beauté, constellation Disparaît sous la paume, sueur, traction Le sang qui bat, sous mes tempes Cette lubie a une taille de guêpe de nymphe Tu me finis sur les rotules La bouche en cœur, fais-moi croire que tu capitules est-ce que l'on peut joindre le futile à l'agréable avant qu'il ne se réduise à une peau de chagrin Est-ce la chair ou le corps qui est faible C'est traversée du désir, t'épuise le bassin So I'm sure you can uh, understand how these songs were uh, earworms and stuck on repeat. Sometimes you just really need to listen to a song over and over again uh, while you're working on a project or something like that. But uh, if you're interested in any of the, yeah, the, the titles or artists for these songs, just write me an email. And um, yeah, that's, that's it for our show today. If you're interested and desirous of partnerships of different kinds for Common Air, um, whether financial or collaborative, um, please write to us. And so for now, mark your calendars for next time, uh, April 25th, 2 p.m., same place. Um, and uh, this one's going to be the, the third and final episode, and we're going to be looking at Two Rubatos by Terry Tamelitz. So once again, thank you all for listening.